Peace to you. Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Thank you for joining me. We're going to pick up where we left off in the book of Judges, and we're up to chapter 18. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and in those days, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So we can tell here that this is a retrospective, not a contemporaneous telling of the tale. So it's them looking back on the what happened to this group of the congregation. And the Danites are descendants from the forefather Dan. And they're um, in the, it's them we're talking about at this point. Verse 2, so the children of Dan sent five men of their family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtel, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go search the land. So they went and to the mountains of Ephraim to the house of Micah and lodged there. So Micah is the one who set up sort of a shrine. It is a shrine to the different idols that he worships and um, has all kinds of little trophies and idols there as part of his worship ceremony. And he also has a Levite priest from the religion of his forefathers there working for him also. Um, Zor and Eshtel are the same areas that um, Samson, the previous judge that was uh, over the people, was from. So it gives us an idea of who these um, these people who are going forward to sort of survey the land and find out what's for them are from. Verse 3, while they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? So apparently the accents are uh, regional, uh, just like in modern times, but apparently they recognize that he's not from that same area by the way he speaks. There's um, a and excuse me so they're questioning him we're wondering what is he doing there since i would guess because the levites are supposed to be dedicated to one specific religion or at least one specific deity jehovah that um one that they call lord and god yet we know in micah's house like i said he set up a shrine to all sorts of different idols and placed things to people deities to worship so um, that's probably why they're wondering what's he doing there since that's not his religion but um let me see there was one other thing um maybe not so verse four he said to them thus and so micah did for me he has hired me and i've become his priest so he's letting them know his story like we read in verse in chapter 17 how he was looking for his way in life and micah found him hired him as his priest and um, gave him food and shelter. Verse 5, so they said to him, Please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we will go... Wait. So they said to him, Please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. So, again, since they recognize that he's from their own patriarchal... the religion of their forefathers... They um, figure he'll be able to get in touch with uh, the God of their forefathers and be able to give them an answer. Just like how you see in movies like Clash of the Titans or The Lord of the Rings, how they'll consult the soothsayer, the prophet, the oracle. They'll consult the holy person, the person who has, um, who's in contact with the divine and find out um, which way they should go and um, what decisions they should make. 
So they're telling him, they're asking him to pray for them basically and let them know if they're on the right track. So in this verse, God is being translated from the word Elohim. Again, and like I've said before, um, it changes throughout the the God the the, the scriptures depending on how God is um, um, spelled, capitalized, and presented in English. But in this instance, it's from Elohim, and so they're asking Micah to consult God and let them know about their trip. Verse six, and the priest said to them, "Go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way." So he's uh, he's letting them know, oh, your trip is fine. Go in peace and God be with you. And here, Lord is being translated now. It's all in all caps in English. So it's being tra and in this case, it's being translated from the name Jehovah. So again, that's probably why they recognized that he seemed to be out of place. He's in a place full of idols and idolatry. But they recognized his voice either by his accent or maybe even by the things he was saying or maybe even the language he was speaking that they're um that he, he's out of place um that he's supposed to be with um um a different religion worshiping Jehovah, not there with a house full of other idols that are um where they're at and it seems like Micah's house must be something like a hotel or bed and breakfast for people to recognize it, pass through it, and stay there. But um, he's telling them, go ahead, your trip's good. Verse 7, so the five men departed and went to Laish. They they saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. So it seems they're going to spy out the land, the five people that are sent um, like I said, they were looking for the spot that's for them because it said, like when this chapter started, they hadn't received their allotment. Um, that makes it sound like someone's um, gifted it to them when in actuality they're looking for places that they're going to go and colonize. Areas that uh, have other people in them already that are um, suitable for them to covet and take. That's actually what's happening. So they found that area, Laish, and see that it seems pretty um low like low hanging fruit it's going to be easy to knock it off and take the take the land from those people because they're not ally, al allied aligned with anyone reminds me of ukraine how they were before they were attacked by russia proudly proclaiming they're not aligned with any of the countries around them and they don't need to join nato for years that's what their story was then once they got attacked by russia and needed some help suddenly they want to join nato immediately and almost expect to be exp expedited and pushed to the front of the line they probably will get it too well they haven't gotten it only because it would provoke russia even further um that much seems clear uh, but they still feel entitled to demand it now that they need something and they're getting billions and billions and billions with the B of dollars from America, a country halfway around the world that they're not allied with either, not aligned with either, not on paper, but they are allied with, aligned with the system of white supremacy to hide the misdeeds, alleged misdeeds of the previous president. Remember when Obama was in office repeatedly, they came up with anything they could to try and see if they could impeach him get rid of him and boot him from office 
for both of his terms in office. The ops, the Republican leader, said from the jump that he was going to do nothing but oppose, and I'm paraphrasing, do nothing but oppose everything that Obama came with. And that's what they did for eight years. And yet, excuse me, and would have no problem going after him, throwing him in jail, impeaching him. Yet, when another president came along, openly corrupt, it seems, um, it, it seems that way because he was even caught with nuclear documents, top secret nuclear documents that are illegal for him to even have in his possession. He was caught with them and still not even under arrest, not even in handcuffs, not in custody, and uh, not even opposed by all those same people who were ready to throw the book at Obama. Uh, it's white supremacy. That's what it is. And again, I'm not racist. I'm not saying these things to sound racist. I'm anti-white supremacy because I feel we're all equal in the eyes of God as far as our race goes because race is just something people cooked up. Just like so much of religion is just something that people cooked up. And it's not something that it's a disgraceful thing to be opposed to somebody for or aligned with somebody for just because of their color of their skin. It's nonsense. But um, the fact that a lot of people are on board with the white supremacy and backing Ukraine is a clear example of that. Why haven't billions and billions of dollars being thrown at other countries who needed support uh, when they've been attacked and um, in wars, countries in Africa, countries in the Middle East? They get ignored for year after year after year. But let Ukraine got a, yet yeah, Ukraine got attacked, and immediately, less than a year, billions of dollars have been sent to them um, for their war effort. Now, of course, part of that is so that it can be funneled back to the military-industrial complex here in America that they can profit off of it. But its purpose is to support white supremacy. The fact that um, that president, the Ukrainian president, knows that the previous president did approach him with at least at least according to the impeachment trial that allowed witnesses to ignore subpoenas by the way that didn't really seem like it was after any sort of criminal prosecution by the way that same trial proved that he was offering the quid pro quo deal with the ukrainian president even though they never even called him to the stand they never even subpoenaed the president, the previous president, vice president, and neither have they done that in this January 6th hearing. And no one, the media on either side, says anything about that. Why wouldn't, any, what kind of trial do you have if you're looking for the truth and you don't even call the uh, the defendant to the stand? That doesn't make any sense. Even if the defendant decides to plead, um, uh, the plea to fifth, you still call them to the stand because you want to show that that person is not willing to be cooperative and give you the answers. Yet that's not being done because, again, white supremacy is the common thread through all of those things. And it's it's evil. But, <clears throat> excuse me, we have an example of it here in the um, Old Testament with what's happening with um, with Micah. Excuse me. And the um, Sidonians being now the target of an attack, it seems, by a group that's looking to take their land just like ukraine the land is looking to be taken by russia verse 8 then the spies came back to their brethren at zora and eshtel and their brethren said to them what is your report so the five have come back from um their um surveying the land and <clears throat> excuse me visiting micah's house meeting the priest and seeing the area of the sidonians 
Verse 9, so they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter to enter it. Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. So they're, they've returned from their spy trip with a positive report that they're easy pickings. Go there and not take take what's theirs. We've coveted it, we've, uh, and now we can go in and take it. Verse 10, uh, which, all, by the way, are um, two more things that oppose what the Ten Commandments are. Thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal. And if they go in and take it by force, like the edge of the sword, as it likes to say, meaning they're going in massacring people, then that's one more commandment that's being broken, that thou shalt not kill. But let's see, verse 10, when you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. So the spies returned from their trip saying, uh, go get it. It's low hanging fruit and God set it up for you to go in and take it. And again, that opposes what the commandments say. And God here is being translated at this point from the word Elohim. Um, let's see. So they returned and they told him, go get it. Verse 11, and 600 men of the family of the Danites went from there, from Zor and Eshtel, armed with weapons of war. So the war has begun. The attack has begun. They're on their way to go take the land that's not theirs, but they feel entitled to it. Verse 12, then they went up and encamped in kerjath Jerim in Judah. Therefore, they call that place Mahanedan to this day. There it is, west of kerjath Jerim. So there's that phrase to this day, letting us know that this isn't someone writing in their diary as it goes, as the events unfold. Instead, it's someone, probably a scribe, looking back on the events as they had happened already and um, and uh, filling in the blanks as to what happened. Mahane Dan translates to Camp of Dan. So again, these are the Danites that are going on mission. So that's that's how it makes sense that it's the Camp of Dan. That's them on the mission looking for the area that they're going in to take and proclaim as their own verse 13 and they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah so they're on their way they've made it to that same landmark house of Micah the hotel bed and breakfast and shrine verse 14 then the five men who had gone to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren do you not do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, household idols, a carved image, and a molded image? Now therefore consider what you should do. So um uh, they're not supposed to be partaking in any other religion, um, at least according to the orders laid out previously in the books so far. And yet we see that's what's happened again and again and again. The Israelites are only supposed to be faithful to one deity, that one that um, Lord translates from the word or name Jehovah. That's the one that, um, that's at least one of the ones that the people are supposed to be faithful to. And yet they're coming across those the ephod, that's the ornamental vest. And when it says ornamental vest, it means it's most likely some sort of precious metal, probably gold, maybe silver. But it all the one that the, that the priests in the religion that... Um, that the Danites are from, it had also precious stones in it, jewels in it also, and then also something that's 
uh, some things that are um, not very clearly explained, something called the Urim and Thummim. And um, they translate to lights and perfections. And there's not much other um, definition or explanation given for what they are. But in my mind, or at least my uh, the way I picture them, they sound a lot like devices. Because so how would you be able to have something in your vest without electricity um, that can light up? And if it were just a jewel, then it would just be like any of the other jewels. But it's not a jewel. They are not jewels. They're called lights and perfections. And they're used to communicate with somehow their um the uh supernaturally with the deities that they worship i don't know how else to say it um so uh, that's what's in those ephods of the religion that the danites and the 12 tribes or the other tribes of israel are from set up how that's how they set up their ephod but also the household idols that's those little trophies um like uh, of different gods and goddesses a carved image so that sounds like a totem pole um you know wooden and carved to in the form of something usually a phallic symbol often a phallic symbol but could be anything and a molded image so that's the one that they use metal um probably precious metal and cast a mold to make something and all of those different things are uh are um not what the people are supposed to be doing you're they're not supposed to make any of those images any of those molded images any of those cast images not supposed to make any of those things according to what we've read previously in the uh, scriptures and yet that's exactly what's happened and they still feel like they're being faithful to god in using those articles and things in their worship ceremonies and he's telling them they're telling them consider what you should do meaning uh, are you just going to let them keep that stuff or are you going to go in, go in and take it? Verse 15, so they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. So um, they still haven't given us the name of who the young Levite man is, um, but Micah is the one who's running the place. It, the, it says in these houses, so it sounds like it, again, it sounds like a bed and breakfast or maybe a small motel, maybe even a large one or hotel with different cabins to it in those mountains um and because that's they said they're in these houses so meaning he had set up those different images idols trophies in each of those little cabins and houses for people to go there and worship or at least have there if they want to worship while they're just like how you can go to hotels and many hotels and you open the little bedside drawer and there's a Bible in it and sometimes there's a Koran in it. Um, but there's some sort of religious book in it in case you want to worship. It's sort of the same um, thinking, sort of the same idea. Um, so they made it to the house of Micah and to where the young Levite man is. Verse 16, the 600 men armed with their weapons of war who were of the children of Dan stood by the entrance to the gate. So um, they've showed up there as an army and um, the army waited outside of the city. That's what the gate usually is for. Um, and probably sending the spies in. Let's see, verse 17. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up. Entering there, they took the carved image, the, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image. The priest stood at the entrance of the gate with the 600 men who were armed with weapons of war so they've just gone in and jacked the place they went in even though they're supposedly on a holy mission a holy war to go get their um 
the claim the land that's allotted quote unquote to them they've gone in stealing they've already done the coveting now they're on to the stealing they've and what are they stealing they're stealing the 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 idols the things that are probably molded from gold and silver and whatnot um but that's what they're taking even though again that's against their own religion but they're armed with war so it's not much the priests can really uh say to stop them verse 18 when these actually he could say something he could at least reflect back on the ten commandments to try and use that he's not even doing that any more than you see um right-wing religious leaders in modern times um bringing up the fact of the adultery the um theft the any of the lies they don't bring up any of that stuff in reference to um um uh, Republican administrations again if it's a Democrat especially if it was a black Democrat like Obama then you see them go out and speak uh, non-stop about whatever slight they think he's committed but when it's um one of their own black or white because it's you can be on the side of white supremacy and not be white look at the one now who is claims he's a Christian conservative and yet we've seen him being accused of hiding children that he had out of wedlock hiding abortion that he's paid for out of wedlock lying again and again and again lying about even graduating from college just one lie after the other and it's not opposed by the right wing religious bible thumpers because even though he's black he's still on the side of white supremacy just like that other rapper who had people saying she had people using the n-word to their own detriment and now he's out saying white lives matter uh, which is nonsense we know white lives matter because they're not being white people aren't being shot in the back for nothing white people are and if they are you pay a price the police pay a price for it they don't just get away with it whereas black people can be shot in the back and the world just keeps turning like nothing happened like it's just any given tuesday so we know white lives matter so when people say white lives matter that's not um that's that's a racist thing to say because we like, all the society shows white lives matter people say black lives matter not because black lives matter more but because just like you have value for the life of a white person enough that you don't just shoot them in the back and let people get away with it black lives matter too that that shouldn't be allowed there either it should be just as outrageous infuriating and criminal um, but we know that it's not at this point in time, but God willing, sometime, sometime soon, like Stevie Wonder said, maybe someday at Christmas time, it will be. Maybe at someday, people will not just thump their Bibles, but actually live by what they what it says. And not just what it says, because like I said, the Bible has contradictory messages throughout. Live by, if you're going to say you're a Christian, live by what it is Christ says. Follow the red letters of the laws of what Jesus laid out for us. Otherwise, it's just hypocrisy. Anyway, verse 18. When these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, what are you doing? So here he is speaking up, opposing their theft, because that's what it is. The priest is speaking up. Verse 19, and they said to him, be quiet, put your hand over your mouth and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man or that you should be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? So now they're um, telling him to shut up and join them. And they're saying, 
they're appealing to his um, ego to say, well, you're a priest now, but your priest is just that one guy, Micah, in here hang, hanging out in the mountains. Um, but when you could be coming with us and be like a king, basically, you'd be like the next judge. You could be the next one calling the shots if you come with us and um, rule over a whole bunch of people instead of just hanging out in this bed and breakfast, passing out uh, advice as people come along. Verse 20, so the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image and took his place among the people. So it didn't take much to convince him, even though he's the priest. So, so he supposedly focused on what's righteous and right. Clearly, he's not. He's focused on the same thing that the religious leaders previously were focused on. Self-enrichment, self-dealing. That's what he's focused on. He's focused on uh, clout chasing, as we call it in modern times. He's focused on how he can be the GOAT, the greatest of all time among those people and the one that they look to. So he, too, has gone ahead and stolen the things that someone who was good to him gave him. So that's another thing that's uh, considered evil according to the scriptures. When you repay evil for good, according to Proverbs, evil will not depart from your house. So how does he, as the priest, think he's going to receive a blessing when Micah was good to him? He took him in when he was wandering through the mountains looking for his place. Micah, a stranger, a foreigner, even though he's not really a foreigner, he's just not of the same um, family branch as the Levite is. He took him in. He fed him, clothed him, and gave him money, gave him a job. He did all that for him and gave him a position there. And what, how does he repay him? He goes ahead and joins the ops, helps rob the man who housed him, and leaves with them and the household idols. Don't forget the idols. They make sure they take those idols. It, it's just such hypocrisy. But let's keep reading. Verse 21. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them. So um, they're on their way with all the loot. And they put the little ones and livestock in front. That reminds me of how um, one of the patriarchs did. He put the, when he was afraid that he was going to face his brother, it was Jacob and Esau. So it was the Jacob whose name was then changed later to Israel. When he was going to meet with his brother, if you read along with me, you already know this. Um, when he was going to meet his um, estranged brother, he too sent the children, sent his wives, sent his side pieces, sent all of them ahead of him so that uh, it wasn't said it, but uh, it seemed clear so that if they ran into any danger, if so that if the group ran into any danger, the most helpless would be attacked first while the most elite of the group would be able to escape it's it's disgusting yet it wasn't condemned at all and you see it's being basically repeated here i'm not sure if it's being repeated for the same purpose here that so that the elites will be protected and the young and um livestock will be attacked at first but it's the same lineup verse 22 when they were a good way from the house of micah the men who were in the houses near micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of dan so Micah wasn't there by himself. He apparently, I'm calling it a bed and breakfast because that sounds like what it's like. Or a motel or shrine all in one. Whatever it is, it must have been popular because people who were lodging would lodge there. Travelers would lodge there as they're passing through those mountains. But he's not alone. He had allies with him who um, 
went on his behalf or at least in league with him to go and overtake those um, people who just robbed him. Verse 23, and they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, what ails you that you've gathered such a company? So they're uh, bold with theirs because they know there's 600 of them. So even if the little townspeople did side with Micah to go and try and help get justice for him, they know there's 600 strong with weapons. So they're like, what's your problem? What do you want? Knowing they'd already taken his stuff. Verse 24. Uh, so he said, you've taken away my gods, which I made, and the priest, and you've gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me, what ails you? So Micah's like, what do you mean, what's my problem? You stole my ish and have gone away with it and the priest that I was paying and lodging and taking care of. You've stolen all that stuff. And he says his gods, plural. So again, um, Micah's place was not dedicated to one specific entity or deity. Just like how I was saying, you can go to hotel rooms and there's usually a Bible in there, but there's often another uh, religious book in there also, especially depending on what part of the country you're in. Um, so he's like, well, what do you mean? What's my problem? You took my stuff. Verse 25, and the children of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you and you lose your life with the lives of your household. So they're warning him to shut up and move on, move along because unless he wants to take them off, they'll go ahead and kill him and his household. So threats on top of it all. They've robbed him uh, and taken his um, idols and even bold, so boldly let him know you don't have the power to get your stuff back. So just shut up and keep it moving. Turn back on your heels and go back home before you end up dead. Verse 26, then the children of Dan went their way. And when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. So notice that the priest, and I didn't don't recall them saying that they sent the priest ahead. Let me see. Let me just make sure. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them, not the priest. And yet you see here the priest, how indecent and shady is that? To not even have the time to go and have a word with Micah, the person who took you in when you needed some someone. It's just shameful. It's disgraceful. And yet they think they're being righteous in what they're doing, even though they've taken along idols for other gods. It's craziness, but um, it is how it reads. So let's keep reading. So um, Micah went on back. He's like, I can't beat him. So I might as well just go on back to where I came from without his stuff verse 27 so they took the things micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him and went to laish to a people quiet and secure and they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire so they are done with their commandment breaking they've already done all that other stuff now they've gone on to the big one of the ten commandments that you're not supposed to do and that's killing so they've gone to a whole town and committed a massacre killing the people who are there and burning it with fire verse 28 there was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon and they had no ties with anyone it was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob so they rebuilt the city and dwelt there so again the Sidonians didn't have any allies with them any more than Ukraine did 
but they're not getting any help like Ukraine is getting because remember Ukraine if they wanted to they could just release the phone calls from transcripted phone calls from an American speaking English getting his words translated into I guess it's Russian or Cyrillic whatever languages they speak in Ukraine he could release those transcripts at any time and reveal that the previous president was asking for a deal was up to no good was committing that whole quid pro quo um self-dealing self-enrichment self-enrichment um scheme he could reveal all of that at any time that he wanted to that's how come even though he's not aligned with any of those countries over there in his part of the world not even with nato he could at any time blow the whistle on america and release those transcripts and show just how corrupt and how deep the white supremacist system runs in america because to keep all of that from coming out billions of dollars are being sent to ukraine left right and sideways even though like i said they've chosen not to be aligned with anyone they've chosen prou- prou- proudly to not have any other to not be a part of nato and not have any of the countries around them be on their side before they were attacked but now that they were attacked they had an ace in the hole the phone call transcripts and probably other ones besides just those transcripts of the previous president and all the stuff that he was up to and neither democrat nor republican are is even interested in pursuing any of that they rather just keep shoveling billions of dollars to a whole other sovereign foreign country that as far as i can tell doesn't enrich america in any way at all what's being sent from ukraine to here i I guess uh, not even the grain things not the food that's not generally coming to america that's going to other countries around the world that need it so yeah the grain and stuff has begun flowing again since america started helping ukraine but we can't pretend that that's why america's doing it because america could send american food to those countries too and it'd probably be a lot cheaper America doesn't want, the elites in America does not want the white supremacist system revealed that's continuing to cover for the previous president, in my opinion. That's what this is all about with this billions to Ukraine and all of that stuff. Because otherwise, why wouldn't you go ahead, even in the impeachment trials, why wouldn't you have a transcript? It makes no sense that you wouldn't have a transcript of those phone calls released as the Democrats were doing the impeachment. Why would they not have a transcript of the phone calls released? Even if it, it, it no, it should be released to the public, but it absolutely should have been brought up during the trial. And even if you won't do that, it should at the very least also have been questioned during the trial. And yet, like I said, the president, vice president, weren't even called to the trial weren't even subpoenaed for the trial and they weren't even aren't even haven't been subpoenaed for the january 6th trials either and those aren't even criminal trials but they aren't being questioned there either because the system the white supremacist system is all on board with protecting people with that complexion for protection now if it were obama we know it would be a totally different story if it were obama as soon as he said he grabs women by the before he could even get the explicit 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 the cuss word out before he could even get it out expletive before he could even get it out he would have been in handcuffs in jail and being prosecuted but because he had a darker complexion he didn't get afforded he doesn't get afforded any of those benefits and privileges and entitlements whereas the previous president who just left 45 gets all of that and it's just really disgusting 
it's, it really is. It's just disgusting. But let's keep reading. Verse 28. Um, so because they chose not to align themselves with anyone around them, they were attacked. Verse 28. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. So they've gone in, coveted the city stolen the city um, killed the people in it and stolen the city and now rebuilt it and presumably colonized and occupied the city verse 29 and they called the name of the city dan after the name of dan their father who was born to israel however the name of the city formerly was laish so again dan is the forefather the patriarch the um son of it says Israel, but that's it says Israel, but Israel is the same as Jacob. His name was Jacob, and then it was changed to Israel. So Israel will sometimes talk of, in modern times it'll be talking about the nation, um, but it, in the Bible it could be talking about the nation or it could be talking about the person. Here it's talking about the person. Um, verse thirty. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image, and Jonathan the son of Gershom the son of Manasseh. And his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. So now it's saying that Jonathan, the son of Gershon, um, the son of Manasseh, is um, the one who's, um, and his sons are the ones who are being set up as priests. Now, I'm not sure if that means that the priest who was staying with Micah is the same Jonathan or another one. Um, I'd have to look back and see if that's, um, if it said that he's, uh, was the son of God. It didn't say what's, whose son of he was at all. I, if I recall, it just said of Ephraim is where he's from. No, yeah, from Bethlehem, Judah. That's where he was from. So he's not of the same lineage. So they've, even though they took him from Micah's house as priest, now they've installed a whole new set of priests and his sons, Jonathan and his descendants, as their priests there in the city that they've now called Dan, which used to be called Laish. And I remember right from, if you want to see yourself, if I recall, if you look at an Old Testament map or map of the Old Testament, you'll see Dan is sort of in the northern area of the region that we're talking about. Um, whereas Judah is sort of the southern, almost even the most southern area of the different tribes that are set up there in that region. Um, if you just want to get an idea of what area they've set up um, as their new place of worship and their allotment. Um, was there something else I was going to say about that? Oh, the other thing to say about that is they haven't set up a shrine there, a church there, a synagogue there, temple there, place of worship there, a tent of meeting there, tabernacle meeting there. They haven't set up whatever you want to call it. They haven't set it up there to God Almighty or even to the all caps Lord, which translates from the name Jehovah. They haven't set it up to that entity deity at all. They've set it up to the carved image that they stole from a whole other person who had lots of carved images and idols in his place. So how faithful does that sound to you? Doesn't sound faithful to me at all, but it is how it reads. Um, and then it says until the day of the captivity of the land, letting us know that, again, this is a retrospective. They're looking back on what happened to the different people and areas uh, over time so they're even looking they're mentioning here that at some point the land is going to be taken captive and they're going to attribute it to the fact that they weren't faithful to uh 
one Lord, one God, to Jehovah, to the Lord. However you want to think of it, they're going to attribute it to idolatry as being the reason that the area of the land was lost and taken captive um, at some later point. But at this point, you can see that it's reflecting back by that statement. Verse 31, so they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. So they're saying here, finishing the chapter with the fact that they've set up this new place of worship with Micah's carved image. And this whole priesthood that they've set up there now, um, even though the house of God, as they're calling it, um, was already set up someplace else in another area called Shiloh. So that if they really wanted to be faithful and worship, they could have just went there. Uh, but instead, no, they've set up shrines and a place of worship to the idols that were they stole from Micah's house. And God here is being translated again from the word Elohim. Um, even though it's capitalized, God is, Elohim is not. Um, so it seems like um, it's talking about God, generally speaking, um, um, but not Jehovah specifically, since that's what it often translates to when it's in all cap caps. When God or Lord is in all capital letters, that seems to be what it translates back to Jehovah when it's not it translates to other things many times as we've read. But that is the last verse in this chapter. So that's where we'll end this reading. As always, thank you for joining me for The Naked Truth. I hope it's a blessing for you and I hope you'll join me again. I love you and I'll see you next time. God bless you. Peace be with you.